Hello, welcome to the Dive In Movie Cast, a film podcast where two unqualified critics give their opinions and try and differentiate themselves from every other podcast out there. My name is Hayden. And I'm Wesley. And this week we're joined by Cole. Cole Ross, yet again, the boy is back on the pod, um, and we're going to be getting funky. It's time to get funky. Yeah. Everybody, Everybody clap your hands! <laughs> clap, 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 clap your hands. hands. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about Cooper Rave's um, 2022 film, 2021, depending on when you saw it, but 2022 film, Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Um, before we get into it, how's everybody been? Wes, we, Wes, we didn't get the chance to pod last week, so we didn't. how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, working. Living life. Yeah, be like that. It really do be like that. Uh, I was just saying uh, to Hayden and Cole, I was like, I feel like whenever I talk about the things going on in my life, I'm like, I have nothing. Like People ask me, and I'm like, I, I don't want to tell you. Unless you want to hear about <laughs> me uh, going to work and then sitting around doing nothing all day. Uh, that's about it. I actually, that's a lie. You know, that's a full blown lie. Today, <laughs> today I actually went. This was actually kind of interesting. Sorry, time. Um, I went to my university, Dalhousie, because my acting professor messaged me and asked me if I would come in. They do an audition prep day uh, for all of the potential people who are auditioning for the theater program, um, and they get uh, theater alumni to come back and talk. And so they asked me to come do it, and I got paid to do it. Um, hey, good stuff. And That's all awesome. I did was like answer like four questions. That's amazing. And that was it. And I got a tour of the building. They just built a new addition onto the building, and I was like, all the years I was there, the four years I was there, all it was was construction noises and explosions. Like it was horrible. And now they're like, "Yeah, check out our beautiful new building." Yeah, you've made it to the other side where yeah. the construction noises are all finally done. All this costume study stuff, all these great things. They show us the new theater, and they're like, "It's not meant for acting people, but it's a nice theater." And it's like, "Why'd you show me this? This is such a nice theater. I just want to, I want to do a play in it, but now I can't because you're like, it's meant for music." I'm like, "Shut up." Imagine if you were acting there. I feel like that's a much more, you know, like use it for multiple things. I th- I think they're using it for like music performances, but also like film screenings. Oh, um, cool! They have it set up so it's got really good acoustics and everything. Cool. Um, so we'll see. But nice. very nice building. Uh, very beautiful. Got to see some old faces. Really funny thing. My acting professor, his name's Matt Walker. I just called him out. Dang. Um, they, they gave us this book. So they just made this book of pictures from all of the plays that they've done at Dalhousie from 1998 until now, or 2018 was when they cut off. And one of the pictures in there was of my professor when he was at Dal in 2005. And he literally has a whole page that's just pictures of him. Damn. And I was like, this makes sense. You know, this makes sense for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, shout out. His there's one picture where he's wearing a full black leather suit hanging from like ropes, and I'm like, hey, yo, <laughs> a mood. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's probably the most interesting thing that's really happened lately. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nice, Cole. We haven't had you on the pod since October, where we talked a much less good movie than the one <laughs> yeah. we're going to be talking today. Don't worry, darling, Oof, calling it out. Um, how are you doing since we've last had you on the show? Hey, man. Me and Wes share something in common. We uh, we work and don't have a lot to talk about. Yeah, it's kind of um, the same thing for me, man. I just tell people about movies I watch. That's, yeah, that's really like, it. Yeah, I'm just like movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yesterday we got a lot of snow, so I was outside for like 12 hours all day. But big storm vibes, yeah. Yeah, and that was uh, yeah, that was it. That was my week. Other than that, I've been playing video games. Nice. Shout out Elden Ring. I feel it. Shout, yeah, shout out the resurgence of Elden Ring. Cole yeah. and I have started playing Elden Ring again. 
torturing ourselves. So good. I have it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll give myself over to it. You I haven't got really it, man. got into it yet. You got it, man. It's it's a commitment, but it's good. It's one. a big commitment. A lot of a lot of heartbreak in there. Dude, it's so hard. Yeah. It's so intensely hard. Yeah. I am uh I'm having a rough day today. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Hayden, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm uh I'm feeling better now, but today was just one of those days. Braden and I, we were having a couple drinks last night. We were watching that 90s show. Pretty good, by the way. Yeah. Um, and we just ended up staying up to like 6 a.m. Like unknowingly, like when we finally looked at the clock, it was like this real like terror in our eyes moment where it was like, what the fuck? So we went to bed. Um, we were both pretty drunk. I don't think either of us realized we got as drunk as we did. And then I woke up today at 4 p.m. And <laughs> it is currently 7 p.m. Uh, you know, it's one of those days. I was tired from a long work week, but I also, it didn't help that I got pretty drunk. And so I... I was pretty violently hung over when I, when I first came alive today, but I'm here to talk a really good movie. I'm here to do a pod. I'm giving myself over to it. I'm feeling, I'm feeling better. So, you know, what's another crazy thing I just realized this morning. I woke up at 6am to move my car because of the winter parking ban. Yeah. I was laying, I was down awake as you, I woke up as you were going to bed. Yeah. That was the moment where I was like, Oh no, I need to go to sleep. You're like, Whoa, it's late. Yeah. Oh, rough day, but I'm here. Yep. I survived. We're here. We're potting. We're here. Let's, um, Let's get into Cha Cha real smooth because I don't think I have. So it. excited! Yeah, this is gonna be a good episode. We are we are late to this discussion. This movie came out in June. Wesley and I saw it last January. Sundance is actually happening again right now. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we'll have to get some some screenings. But anyways, we saw this movie for the first time a full year ago, and Cole, you saw it in in June yeah. about six months ago. So like, let's just get right into it because I've I've been shouting the praises of this movie for a whole year now on this podcast on other people's podcasts just constantly talking about it and we've never done an episode i'm glad we're getting around to it even if it's a little bit late you know what's funny is that i recently have been searching for an episode about it i can't find a single one yeah i feel like one of one of the reasons why i personally wanted to do this episode was because i feel like it's such a good movie and yes we're late to it but i feel like no one else knows about it no one's heard of it we have like, to put on for it yeah. yeah yeah and so i feel like uh, even though it did come out a while ago, no one has heard about it. And yeah, we just want, kind of want to sing the praises of this amazing movie. And um, it's not in any like Oscar race or uh, mm-hmm. award thing or whatever, anything like that. Uh, but it should be. Yeah, there's like no buzz around it and it fully deserves. It's interesting to be- too, because last year Apple TV had that huge hit, um, Coda, which, yeah. was, which yeah. was the Oscar winner. That was Best Picture. And so I really thought they were going to try and sub cha-cha real smooth in as like the you know feel good easily accessible everyone's gonna love it very fun movie uh, i thought that would maybe enter the race in some capacity i'm not shocked it hasn't but i wish it did you know mm-hmm. yeah agreed i think when i like when i when we saw this movie at sundance um i have a funny story with it where i just was like i watched it we watched it together mm-hmm. for the first time and i like looked at you halfway through the movie i was like dude this movie fucking rules like i was like in love with it um, and then there was a second online screening of it because my screener had expired um, after we finished watching it. There was a second online screening, and I paid the $25 fee again in the same weekend to see that movie a second time and show my parents and show my family because I just yeah. I had no idea when we'd be able to see it again. Yeah, you you watched it with your family, and then I also used that same screening yeah. to watch it with my friends mm-hmm. the same night. Like, I remember I, we were literally like, you were going to text me and let me know when you had finished it so I could start it. With yeah, it was friends. like immediate. I was like, okay, get on there. You have three <laughs> hours. You need to watch it now. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. No, I like this movie. It's what's weird about the fact that it completely has gotten brushed under the rug is that like at Sundance, it was a hit. It won the audience award at Sundance. Mm-hmm. It was a big, like big hit. Everywhere. There was a lot of buzz around it. 
And then when the movie released, it was just kind of silent. Yeah. I'm curious. It's awesome that this movie was bought for $10 million by Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Do you think Apple TV being the person or the studio that bought this movie is what put the nail in the coffin? What do you mean by put the nail in the coffin? Potentially on like In regards to like popularity. the buzz around it. Yeah, yeah. popularity mm. for it. Because it Apple TV, be. I don't really... Like Cole, you're the only person I, I know who it, uses yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say it's a bad streaming service. It's just to say nobody really uses it. So. Hey, you know what's funny? Hmm. If So when I first bought my phone, like last year, I got the like free year of Apple TV and then just never canceled it. It's the only reason why I have it. Damn. Yeah. Like, like that's, yeah. But that's probably... You're probably right. That's why... It uh, the like the buzz has fell off because I don't know a lot of people that have it and let alone the marketing for the movie hasn't like you haven't really heard anything about it mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, yeah. It's I I guess I would agree because I think I think the only things that people really look for when they hear about Apple is the Apple TV originals mm-hmm. like Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso and that Lasso, kind of yeah. stuff. Like yeah. people people are interested in those, but if you just put a movie on a streaming service like Apple TV, no one's going to look there. Everyone watches like Amazon Prime, Crave, Netflix, whatever. Yeah. And um, honestly, when you open Apple TV, there's no like, it's not the same as Netflix where they like show like recommended movies and stuff like that. It's just like, like you still have to search for Cha-Cha Real Smooth if you right, go like on Right, it's Apple not TV. on the homepage Like for there's it. nothing yeah, that's that you bad. don't see it. So it, it makes sense. It sucks, but it makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think also with Apple, the thing about Apple TV, everybody kind of just got it for Ted Lasso. Yeah. They watched Ted Lasso and, and they canceled, canceled you know? And that so was it, yeah. By the time that this movie came out, I don't think many people were really actively using the service in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a good service, and I think that they have some really good movies. I just, I don't know. I think it kind of is what killed all the buzz and momentum around this movie. I showed yeah. it to my mom yesterday, and uh, we had the same conversation. I was, uh, I was like, have you heard about this ever before? And she was like, no. And I was like, man, it really sucks. But she was like, it's because it's on Apple, and no one has it or will hear about it and yeah. i was like yeah it, that sucks but yeah mm-hmm. it's a bummer mm-hmm. i hope you know i've tried to encourage people to get the service just to watch this movie um i think i've succeeded you know i think yeah. i think I've, I've done a good job and i think wesley you and i both like we were on um kyber culture to talk halfway through the year like our favorite movies of the year and we were just freaking out about this and i think anyone who listens to our podcast regularly has probably just heard that word just uttered like so many times in the last 12 months well, yeah i think when we did our top uh 10 of 2022 like Smooth was in the top three for both of us yeah it was, top, yeah, it was my second yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah it was my second it too. was two for mm-hmm. both of you yeah yeah i listened to it recently it's just it's so good and so i'm glad that we're finally talking about it because Apple and its big, big corporate Appleness did made it disappear. It, yeah. yeah, I agree. Let's talk about Cooper Rafe a little bit before we get God into. God bless this man. I know what a, what a guy. What a guy. Cooper Rafe. I watched uh, his debut uh, a couple years ago while we were living in Halifax, or while I was living in Halifax. You, you guys both live in Halifax still. Mm-hmm. But while I was living in Halifax, I watched his movie on like a rainy day. I was off work, and it's called Shit House. And it's you know I still this, need to watch this. It's a very great movie, and yeah. it's set at a. At college, and he's just he's he lives on campus, uh, and it's like it's just kind of like a very like you know talky movie between a man and a woman who just kind of strike up a, a friendship and a, a relationship. It's very good, and I had I liked it a lot. Um, and I was like, this dude is a very promising yeah. young filmmaker because he's a director, he's a writer, and he's a very charming actor. He's an extremely good actor. Yeah, so I like I was really looking forward to what he did next. Here it was. I think like he's got a, a really fantastic career ahead of him. What 
would you guys like to see for him as like a as a director, as a writer, as an actor? What would you like to see in the future for him? Well, I just recently learned from Cole that he's going into TV, mm-hmm. um, which I'm super excited about. I would love to see his take on a TV show. Um, I don't, I don't know. I just I think I would like to see more movies from him. I also um, would like to see more. I think movies. he's a great filmmaker, uh, a great writer, and a good actor too. Even though he doesn't think he's a good actor himself, I think he's a great actor. Um, and so I would just love to see more from him. Uh, he's it's quite early in his career, and so who knows where it would go from here. But I would just like he's really good at these uh, these dramas, these comedic dramas that he's doing right now. And so I think I would just love to see more of that from him. It makes me a little sad that he's going to TV because I think what he has going with Shithouse and Cha Cha is like not like it's an unintentional sort of relation to the both of them. But I feel like if he made a third movie like about the next portion of his life, I feel like I would really enjoy that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I am also excited. I will definitely watch whatever he puts out for TV, but I would like to see more movies from him for sure. I'm I'm currently looking it up actually, and he does have another movie coming out later this year. Oh, before amazing! He, before Ooh, he shifts the team, he's yeah. not acting in it though. Funny enough, oh. he's he's not in the movie okay. at all. Yeah, um, I also would like to see more directors cast him. I agree. I think he has such a good on-screen presence that I think he deserves like just more popularity in that aspect. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, he is so very unintentionally funny in the way he delivers lines. Um, like the one line I'm thinking of is like, he's like. Greg, do you live to make things awkward? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, like the, just the way he delivers that, like I just feel like he deserves more um, presence on screen from other directors. Mm-hmm. He He's talked a little bit. I, you mentioned this, Wesley. I think it was you who just mentioned this. Uh, the fact that he doesn't think he's a good actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't want to be an actor, really. I think, yeah. actually, he only became an actor because he needed someone who would get the role right. Like, someone yeah. that could embody what he was looking for, and that just ended up being him. In the case of um, Cha-Cha Real Smooth, he actually was really adamant about not being in the movie. And Dakota Johnson was like, if you don't star in this movie, I'm not going to be in your movie. And he, you know, when Dakota Johnson says that, you, you, you do <laughs> you that. Do I'll do whatever um, she asks. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think I, I completely agree. Like, whether he goes in a direction where he's sp- like just a director and he's not starring in stuff, that would make me sad. Um, I would love to see other directors work with him and use him as an actor while he mm. also has this directing and writing career that he's doing. Yeah, agreed. Um, oh, sorry. We're going to have to clap. I lost my notes. E. Okay. Yeah. Let's just like get into the movie more specifically because Cha-Cha's real smooth, very like unique, funny, dramatic plot. It follows a man named Andrew returning home from college and living with his family again. Uh, and he finds work as a bar mitzvah party starter. In that process, he meets a young woman and her teenage daughter, Domino and Lola, and he forms a close bond with them. This, this is a really zany plot, you know, just like he's like... When you say it out loud, it sounds like... I know. It sounds really weird. Like, yeah. when you're watching the movie, it doesn't once cross your mind that it's like, bar mitzvah party starter. Not it, once. Like, it's just... Meat sticks worker. Yeah, meat sticks. <laughs> Dude, wish that was a real restaurant. Um, yeah, like, what do you guys think about, like, the, the structuring for this, for this story? Because it's simultaneously a drama, it's simultaneously a comedy, and that plot is kind of inherently like a com- comedic plot, but it really uses those two characters, Dakota Johnson and Vanessa Burgos characters to really like explore the dramatic side of it. Mm-hmm. Do you think this movie like leans more towards comedic or, or dramatic and what side of it like works most for you? Definitely more comedic. It's definitely in my, or sorry, dramatic. That's what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Definitely more dramatic. Um, I think it's 
like a dramatic comedy in the sense that it has those moments of levity to make those dramatic moments hit way harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we start off this movie by like following Andrew as he's finishing uh, finishing college and has like no idea what to do with his life. Um, I was mentioning to you guys earlier that I love uh, having characters who don't know what they're doing. Um, a great example other than this is like the Big Lebowski. It's a great oh, yeah. representation of a character who literally just like has no idea what's going on most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's great to see that. And I think that the dramatic aspects work even better with the underlying fact that he is just a 22-year-old who has no idea what he's doing with his life. I agree, yeah. Um, and so in, in that regard, I definitely feel like it's more of a drama because there's way more dr- dramatic moments and all that stuff with just a little bit of comedy sprinkled in. Um, but it, it all works really well together, in my opinion. I think that um, without uh, Cooper Rafe actually like um, directing or like writing this, I don't think it would have the comedy aspect to it. If yeah. anyone else was that's a good point. Like, yeah. put this movie on screen, I don't think it'd be funny. Let alone his acting skills, I don't think it would have the like comedic aspect to it because he's just funny on screen. Yeah, like a lot of the comedy comes from him. Mm-hmm. It's like line deliveries. Yeah. It's little things on it's his just face. Things like that yeah. um, that he says. Um, I think it does a really good job. Uh, of, as a drama though like there's a lot of heart to this movie that's oh, yeah. how I describe this, this movie, movie makes me cry yeah like I it, cry it. I laugh and then I cry a lot more uh-huh. yeah um, there's just a lot of heart to it and I think that it's just so well done in that aspect mm-hmm. yeah no I totally agree I, I, I'll go ahead Wes I was just gonna say I think a perfect scene that like really describes it well is the scene where um, he finds Domino in the bathroom yeah and yes. it's like a very it's a very emotional scene. Like there's a lot Mm -hmm. on the underneath the surface in this scene. And then as like a very comedic moment afterwards, they get like these, these ridiculously designed huge shirts that they all walk out of the party in. Right. Um, and so it's that perfect balance of this is a very serious moment. So let's pair it with something really just like stupid. Yeah. It's also too, like throughout, like this kind of speaks to the whole movie's tone is like throughout the dramatic, Bits. Like throughout the f- fact that he's walked in on Dakota Johnson, I believe it's a miscarriage. It correct? is a miscarriage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's walked in on Dakota Johnson, who's had a miscarriage. It's it's a very bleak thing, and yet yeah. you have Cooper Rafe just like, oh my god, what Ooh, happened? Do you, that's that, a period. That's a period. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, he's like, that's a lot of blood for yeah. a period. Yeah. And you have so you, like you have these very dramatic things, but then you have Cooper Rafe, his charm. It just kind of and the way he writes movies, it just kind of lends this very like comedic tone to these very serious subject matters mm-hmm. which is like a, a recurring thing too even with like um the lola character yeah like that's like he's tackling some pretty heavy stuff with that character and and yet there's some really laugh out loud moments between those dynamics that never feel like um like manipulative or like mm-hmm. you know like he's like assuming things about this experience he's just kind of putting it on screen he does it once Right. Um, in the very beginning of the movie at when they first meet um, each other and he goes, is that hard? Right. And uh, Domino like brushes it off. And then he's like, I think I'm autistic sometimes. And he goes, I don't know why I just said that. Extremely funny. Line, <laughs> yeah. Super yeah. funny. Like, but like, really funny. like that's a, that's the one time where it's like, and then it, it's almost like he checks himself in that moment. And then the rest of the movie, it, it, it uh, explains a lot better. Yeah, I agree. From the second this movie starts too, I think that there's something about like, people who are our age and people who have grown up in the time period that we've grown up, like 
I've never heard a movie start with a show goes on by Loop Fiasco before. Mm. And that was like, I was like transported back to middle school dances. And like, yeah. that's exactly where the movie begins. And I was just like, it's cause he's the same age as us. Yeah. And there, there's something so cool about having a filmmaker tell stories that are pretty much specifically made for the feelings that we're feeling. And he's the exact same age as he's feeling the exact same shit as us. And so I think it's really interesting the way that, um, that's reflected even just in like the music choices. There's yeah. like very like subtle music choices like that. This yeah. brings up one of the questions that I, I had is that, um, do you think it's sort of a niche demographic? Like, do you think that some people wouldn't enjoy this movie to the extent that we do because of the way that it's like written, directed and like portrayed? Mm. I, I think, yes, I think that we can definitely relate to it more because it's, it's made for like the kids of our generation who did grow up who either went to high school or are just in that time of like figuring things out um through like the choices of music through like um some of the jokes that are made through very much i think cooper rafe's just character yeah um like andrew is i think a lot of people these days are just like these cynical weird uh adults who are like i'm 22 years old and should be an adult but i feel like i'm 15 still mm-hmm. um and so i think that we can definitely relate to it in a different way, but I think it's still accessible to anyone because I think everybody, if they have has went through this, yeah, if they've yeah. gotten to that point in their life, they've lived through that moment of, well, what do what I do the fuck now? Am I doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. and just like figuring things out. Um, and so I think yes, there is a kind of a niche demographic to it, but I think it's still open to any person at any age, over the age of twenty, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree with you, Wes. I think the niche demographic part of it comes into the fact that it's it's speaking so much to like what it's like to be in your early 20s right now. Yeah. But really, I think anybody who's been in their early 20s and has felt this like, what the fuck do I do with my life? This kind of like question of, of who you are and what matters to you. I think that's incredibly universal. And so I think that the movie's charm is actually how universal it is, despite the fact that it's telling this story in a very like specific way that's very like related to the time period. Um, but I do think that it's like everyone can kind of find something to relate in, in, in Andrew's story, you know? Yeah. At, at least to some capacity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like, even though it is really meant for the younger demographic of people who are trying to figure out their life, um, it still has great lessons for the parents of, mm, yeah. of like those kids. Yeah. Like, Leslie Mann plays an amazing role in this movie exactly like there are so many moments where i hear i see like andrew talking to his mom uh or andrew uh conversing with his stepdad and that kind of thing um and specifically shouting at that moment at the end of the movie where andrew just like says to his mom how uh it's such a such an emotional scene i cry every time um talk to his talk to his mom about how like he just really appreciates the childhood that he had and that even though he might not say it, he understands and he knows. Because I think that a large majority of us could probably say, yeah, I was a pretty shitty teenager and I realize now how great my life was, you right. know? Yeah. And so I think that that is another relatable thing that people can relate to regardless of their age, that idea of like, I was horrible when I was younger, but now as an adult, I see those things differently. Like, I'm looking at it from a totally different lens. Yeah. I think um, that's one of the reasons why, like, this movie hits so hard for me is because I have a very similar relationship with my mom. As that, do I. Uh, Andrew and um, Liz mm-hmm. and Man have in this. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why this movie is just, like, 
so emotional for me because that last scene, like it literally just shatters me every time. Like mm -hmm. I'll, I've watched the movie four times now and I still cry every time. I think like, I cry just, harder every yeah, time I watch that scene. Yeah. I cry more every time I watch I the know, movie. I know, yeah. I think I start crying sooner because I know yeah. what's coming. <laughs> yeah, you know what's happening. Yeah. I'm like crying and be like, why? And then like, just wait. Yeah. I just yeah. Give it a minute. You know, there is something that, like I have a fantastic relationship with, with my mother and with my father, like just great dynamic with my, with my family. And I know that there's something like, you know, if you necessarily don't, like if you don't have that same dynamic, these scenes in the movie won't hit as hard. No. But for those who, who do have that just like very appreciative love for their parents and like an understanding between like, I was a shithead and you've just been trying your best. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that like, there's something really relatable. I there. feel like that's also something that, uh, the age of like at our age is something that you start to realize as well. Like yeah, you're going through your early twenties and you start to realize like, shit, I was like pretty shitty back then. Yeah. And now like at this age, you're like, but they were really trying their damnedest to make me to be the best that I can be. Mm -hmm. And like, that's one of the reasons why I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. I think a huge underlying point of this movie is, um, Andrew's character interacts with adults, with kids it's that age I'm in that age and we're actually all in that age where um, you're becoming an adult, but you're still a kid, you know, yeah. like it's that in between where it's like, I'm, I feel like I should be a teenager still, but I'm actually 22 years old and have to pay taxes and things like that. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting because I think an underlying thing that this movie has is that generational gap where you're in that, we're in that period of time right now where, like Andrew can give advice to his younger brother because he's still close enough to that age where he understands high school relationships and all that stuff or middle school relationships or whatever. No, like but he's also kiss. close enough to his parents where he sees like he starts to understand why his mom is staying with Greg. Like he starts to realize those things even though he didn't before. Yeah. And so it's that weird in between where he can relate to both but also can't at all. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's a very interesting underlying point that's throughout this entire There's movie. a lot of those in this movie. There's a lot of underlying, like, just lessons to be learned throughout yeah. this entire movie. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I've watched it four times, and every time I watch it, I see another one. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. I, I think, for me, one of the ones that I, like, noticed the most in, on each, each rewatches, too, is, like, it's learning to appreciate what you have. Yeah. You know, not like like, he's constantly, like, the character of Andrew is, like, and I relate so fucking heavily to this. Like the concept of not being able to just appreciate the subtle things, the little details of your life and the little things and what you have. He's on this grand pursuit of something that even he doesn't know what it is. It's just amazing. And he has no idea what it is. And I think throughout the movie, it's really, you see this character just coming back to back to earth a little bit and realizing like, I have a brother who loves me. I have a stepdad who is trying his best. I have a mother who has always tried her best. And so I think that, the character of Andrew is super loudmouthed, but really throughout the movie, you watch him come to this understanding of, of appreciating what he has and how all these people around him really matter so much, yeah. you know? Yeah. We were talking earlier about how uh, he didn't want to play this character in this movie. Do you think this movie would have hit as hard had it been anyone else? No. I, I think, I think there could have been actors who could have done it, but I think when you're the person who writes it, you understand it way better. Mm -hmm. A deeper meaning. To like the a much deeper meaning of what's actually going on and what your and also what your character is thinking. Yeah. Like he had he already knew what his character should be thinking the entire time. So I I agree with you, Aiden, when you're saying no. Like 
he does nail it. Do I think that another actor could have done it? Yes. Do I think they would have done it as good? Probably not. I think he kind of becomes a different character if he's not played by Cooper Rafe. Because I think there is something like, like Andrew's kind of an asshole multiple times throughout this movie. Mm -hmm. And Cooper Rafe throughout the whole movie, he's still likable and maintaining that likability with your main character while he's treating the people around him kind of like shit, quite frankly, um, is really important. And I think that Cooper Rafe has like such a, a way of accessing with the audience. Like you just know that that's, that he's going through something that it's not, it's not a reflection of who he really is, that it's Mm -hmm. more like it's all external. And so I think Cooper Rafe in particular, he he wrote that character. So he knew exactly what was required to access that empathy throughout the the things he's doing and saying. And so I think someone else could do it. He just might become a different character by having someone else play. And then make the movie in Hensfield different. Right. You know, like you you put like a Timothy Chalamet in the role and that, that snarkiness becomes almost like mean, you know, like I feel like it it becomes like a lot. He just becomes a different character when you put someone else in those roles. Yeah. Not as charming. Speaking of amazing characters, can we just talk about Domino for a hot minute? Yeah. Yeah. A hot minute. Do you, here's my question. Do you think anyone could have played Domino better than Dakota Johnson? Um, better? Mm. No. I do no. think someone else could play the character, but Dakota Johnson just has such this, like, there's like a really mysterious quality oh, to her. Goodness. And I've always yeah. found that with her. I think she's mm-hmm. actually a really great actress. And I think the part about her that's always been most interesting to watch on screen, even in fucking bullshit, like Fifty Shades of Grey, mm-hmm. is, is how mysterious and how intriguing she is. She really has yeah. this kind of like dreamlike quality as an actress. And so I think that, especially with the character of Domino, um, that that's kind of really necessary. And I think that she nails it. She keeps like a very, very, um, not dark, but just like this big question around her throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Like I, every time I watch, I'm just like, why do I just feel like she's hiding something? The whole movie, right. I feel like she's just hiding something. Um, yeah. and that's, it, she's insane in this movie. Dakota Johnson is so good. And it's in, it's just one of those things where, we can ask the question, well, do you think anyone else could have played this? Sure, maybe. But I don't think that like the chemistry between them would be the same. Right. Yeah, they got really good on screen chemistry. Yeah. Right. And that even as I had kind of mentioned earlier, like that shows in the fact that she refused to do this movie if Cooper Rafe wasn't acting alongside her. Like there was clearly something that she saw in him as a performer and something that she was she saw in him with like an on screen on screen dynamic that they had. Yeah. And I think she even noticed that before Cooper Rafe might have even noticed that, yeah. which is really interesting. And I, I think they have fantastic chemistry. Just watching them and listening to them talk. Like, I wish there was a full version of this movie that was just them sitting in a room and yeah. speaking. You know, yeah. like, it's, they're so interesting to, mm-hmm. to listen to. Um, which leads me into something, like, I kind of want to ask, too, about the character of Domino. There's been a bit of a discussion online around, like, her being, like, a manic pixie dream girl. And for anyone listening who's like, what's a manic, manic pixie dream girl? It's essentially a character... That is not like other girls. She is quirky and she is there to further like a man's like soul searching journey, you know, to send him kind of in to, to give lead him to some place of like understanding. And um, I, I do think that she does slip into that role at times throughout this movie, but I don't think it's as egregious as like, you know, say uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Maybe just in the end. I think like by that description, just in the end, mm-hmm. because I don't really think, well, yeah, she does lead him on through pretty much the entire movie. And then at the end, she's just like, go do your twenties. Um, which is another big lesson that's in this movie. But I don't think she falls into that because like, 
it's not like she wants or like enticed Andrew to like her. She just like she said it in the movie. She was like, "I feel so comfortable with you." It was just like a reactionary thing, True. rather than just like trying to do that. Right. Yeah, I I would agree. I think yes, I think she is partially a manic pixie dream girl, but flips it on its head in a sense that she is also very grounded has a family has a husband has a kid has plans of her has own a life uh-huh. like when i think of manic pixie manic pixie dream girl i imagine you walking into a coffee shop seeing a girl with dyed hair um and that is often and she very much looks the case, at you yeah. and is like what the fuck do you want and you're like i'm madly in love with you and she's like yeah kid yeah right um, which is some of the aspects that Dakota Johnson has, but she also has this very, um, I think the mystery comes from her knowing who she is, like being very grounded in herself. Like, yes, she is a mysterious character, but that's because she knows what's going on and knows how to handle the situation. Andrew does not. No. Right. Um, he very much just, just like has his heart on his sleeve. Um, and so it's. It's a weird flip of the concept of Manny Pixie Dream Girl because I would say yes, but at the same time, I'm like, she's also not. Right. She's like a fully formed person because you're right. Often, like, those characters are like, you know, um, 500 Days of Summer is a really good example where he just, like, he listen, he encounters her listening to the Smiths and that's, like, his whole life now. Mm-hmm. He's like, this woman, I'm going to get her. Yeah. And, like, often those characters are very much just, like, kind of shells of people. They're like they're like women who exist to kind of further this this man. They, they're very much there as like they also don't know what's going on um and they but they in there not go, knowing what's going on and his not knowing what's going on they help further yeah each other. And mm-hmm. so in this sense it's a little different in my opinion. It's yeah and it's not that it's like inherently like a bad thing to have those that character structure in your story. It just it has to be written well. In the case of Chacha Real Smooth I think it's it's written well. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's wonderful. I love Dakota Johnson in this movie. She's so good. She is amazing in so many ways. In another reality, uh, Hayden. I'm and sweating an- bullets over here. <laughs> You're like, whoo. In another reality, I'm a blue freezy. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Waiting in a freezer for Dakota Johnson to take me out. That's super funny. Yo, that scene. Can we just? I, I gotta. I gotta shout out that scene for a second. That's an awesome scene. It's an they, awesome talking scene. Yeah. I don't think I've ever watched a movie and watched a scene where I'm like, yo, bro, just kiss her. Who gives a shit about her husband? <laughs> just like, do it, man. Just do it, bro. <laughs> like, another interesting thing I just want to bring up while we're on this topic is like, what are you guys' thoughts on um, Dakota or Domino and Andrew being together versus whatever the heck his name is? I can't remember. The Joseph. Name. Joseph. Like, because when I watch the movie, I'm like, wow, Joseph is a really good guy. He is. Yeah, and he is. He's a really good guy, but I want so badly for Domino and Andrew to be together. The thing about... And so it's an interesting, like... That might be the only character that mm-hmm. isn't fleshed out. Because I, I really don't have any idea it, what if he knows about it. I think he does. Mm. I think he does, too. I do, yeah. too. But yeah. I don't, like... You don't really get any further from that. You don't really know anything about it. Um... So I think it's a weird dynamic, but also it's like just someone who is engaged and going through a traumatic time. She just had a miscarriage and she's just sort of like, she's also in a sense like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Um, she, she does do some, some things that are not good to, to her yeah. partner, but 
Um, think about this movie that makes it work so much is it's it's so empathetic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in regards to what you said, um, Wesley, I, I think like Andrew and Domino wouldn't really work, you know? It and I think last. that's right. It wouldn't last, and I think that's what makes them so interesting. Is it's this intense. It's almost like like their interactions are like this candle that's just like it's slowly burning out, you know? Mm-hmm. And it like eventually, not because there isn't any good interactions going on between them, just because like it's just got a timer. Their relationship yeah. was always on a timer from the second that they met. So I, I don't think that there's a version of this story where they really make it work properly. I think it would, it would kind of go to shit in any version of the story. And that's why they're so interesting to, yeah. to watch, you know? Um, that's a good point. Her husband, I, at first, they really set you up to think he's kind of a shithead. And then he has that scene. I can't remember the exact line. But Andrew runs out of the house, and he's going to his car, and um, he's coming after him. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's just, just like, like, I'm just a dumb kid, man. I'm just a dumb kid. And then he, he says, goes, I know. He says, I know. Thanks for looking after my family. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Very good good um, stuff right there. And so I'm like. And he also asks him, he's like, are you going to get home? Right. And then he drives like halfway down the street, and he's like, fuck, I'm drunk. <laughs> yeah, and then he stops. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think that. That's a very interesting question. I do think, like, I don't know. I, I find I get so caught up in that idea because I obviously would love to, for them to make it work. I just don't know if it's ever possible where they would, you know? Yeah. It's it's the uh, it's the classic Casablanca. Yeah. Um, in Casablanca, the two characters. There's a. This is such a rabbit trail. Sorry, but I'm gonna say it. Um, there's a. I've been watching a lot of. I realized my dirty uh, or my pleasure show is like. Uh, medical shows so that's like house, entirely valid good doctor house good doctor like stuff like that i'm all for it there's a scene in house where he he's got this like stalker she's like a really young girl and he quotes all of casablanca because at the end of casablanca the girl is like falling in love with the guy but the guy is like this would never work like we ended up in jail like all this stuff there's a huge age gap mm-hmm. and so it's like you want them to be together but you know it's not gonna work out yeah. right yeah very similar not in house though. They, you don't want them to be together, and it's weird. <laughs> she is she's medically ill. And that's what makes her fall in love. With him. Yeah. Anywho, sorry. One well, fun little tangent. Bigger uh, criticisms that I've seen um, is that people have been saying that Cooper Rafe didn't give Andrew any flaws, um, which I completely don't agree with. I, I don't agree with that I at all. Disagree as well. Yeah. I think he's actually a pretty deeply flawed character. Yeah. Yeah. I because I I read one on Letterbox and he, would, he that was like he really didn't like the movie because he just felt like Andrew was just perfect portrayal of a person. Did we not like, watch the just, same movie? He's yeah, a, he's a that, prick to his brother. Yeah, he's a dickhead to his brother. Yeah, and he's really rude to Greg. Yeah, and who he, is like genuinely like a a good guy. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. I don't see how you see that person as not flawed he tries to date a married woman yeah right yeah like i think that's pretty flawed i'm <laughs> yeah, sorry you can sum it up right there yeah, yeah exactly the man was literally gonna buy a plane ticket to go to a different country to chase after his ex-girlfriend who didn't love him anymore i think that's a pretty big flaw yeah mm-hmm. yeah just... i don't i don't agree with that criticism but i do find it interesting um i don't know like i think uh, the flaw or the big thing the big criticism that i've heard towards this movie is like it's so empathetic you know like it's like it's so almost like unearned sappy at times which i also don't agree with i think that all the sap and all those moments are like incredibly 
powerful. And they, like, it's not really like it's trying it. to force you to cry. No, yeah, it's not manipulative. You know, no. you know, what movie is the Sun with Hugh Jackman. Anyways, um, yo, not a bad movie. It's just if we're talking about a movie that's trying to like force you to cry, yeah, that's a good sun. example. It's like yeah. basically begging you to not walk out of that theater with dry eyes. Chacha real smooth, just like sets something up, and if you cry to it, then that's probably because you relate to it. And if you, you could, don't, you could mm-hmm. completely watch this movie and just laugh the whole time. Right, you and can take it like, as a comedy oh. for sure. Yeah, but it, when you do relate to it as heavily as we do, it's just like, shit, like you're, you're going to cry. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious what you guys think about Vanessa Burghardt, who is the actress who plays Lola. Lola. Yeah. She, this is her first act acting role. Um, she's actually autistic, and I think that that is that very important. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very important. Um, and I, but I think she's great. I she think she's fantastic. very funny. I think she's a really great actress, and I would love to see her in other stuff. She hasn't done anything since Cha Cha Real Smooth, but like if she, if she did, I would... I'd be She's all fantastic there. in this movie. Mm-hmm. I love her uh, potato masher collection. Yes, I think I, that's such a funny little thing. I think it's all kudos to like Cooper Rafe's writing. Yeah, because he has made it so that her humor is very natural and very organic, and it's not even like they're trying to set up jokes. It's just that the way that she relates to the world um, can be. Uh, seen as almost like dry sarcasm. Right? Yeah, like one of the funnier scenes at the beginning of the movie is uh, Domino asks her, are you thinking about Andrew? And she's like, no, I'm thinking about giving Jerry cucumbers and cauliflower tomorrow. Yeah, it's just and funny. I, yeah, it's, it's just not funny. even like, funny. Yeah. It's not even a joke, but it's funny. Or like the moment where uh, she's like, uh, Andrew's like babysitting her and she's like, usually my mother rubs my back, but I think that might be a little weird. And it's just kind of funny. Yeah. Um, I, I love the moment where he um, he's talking to Domino and he's talking about how if he gets her to dance, then like if he gets Lola to dance, yeah, then Domino will give him a certain amount of money. Um, 300 bucks. 300 bucks, right. And so she's like, how did you get her to dance? Like, How did he get you to dance? She says to Lola. And Lola's like, he told me that he would give the $300 to me. That, that, to buy yeah, a like 13 buy. by 13 Rubik's Cube. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which is just, it's very funny stuff. And she's just super natural on screen throughout the entire movie. And I think like he just Cooper Rafe wrote her really well, and yeah. he was ta- he was talking about it. And he was like, it was always Vanessa Burkhart for me. Like she was always the actress I wanted in that role. I don't think it would. I don't think anybody else. Like I, I didn't think of anyone else when I was writing that character. Um, I don't know how he stumbled across her, but I'm glad he did because yeah. she's she's really great. Mm-hmm. Is there any other supporting characters that really stood out to you guys? Leslie Mann is yeah. fantastic. In yeah, movie. she like in the, throughout the entire movie, she just like is fully supportive no matter what um the scene that's sticking out to me is uh the video for uh the jig oh, conductor dude, that is the jig it's conductor such a good yeah. scene. the funniest <laughs> shit ever i laughed so hard yeah the line where where she's like you guys look cute and he's just like what do you mean he's stiff as a board <laughs> like, if, if anybody sees this i'm gonna get put on a watch list yeah. <laughs> yeah but she but she's so supportive over that she's just like oh it's so cute like i love it and yeah throughout the entire movie you get that whole like that same vibe throughout the whole movie with her like she uh she's sitting in um his brother's room and just like talking to them at the end yeah of the night. right you know what yeah. i mean like it's just one of those things where it it's she plays a really good character of just like a sympathetic mom like just trying to help yeah i totally agree and like even to in like the little moments where he's like Andrew's eating cereal on the, like in the kitchen, and uh, he's like, "No one else eats the cereal," and she's like, "I just buy it for you." Yeah, it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of little like sweet oh, moments like that. Yeah, come on. I also think um, he's not really a character. I cannot tell you the name of the character, but his, he's a young kid. His name is Colton Osorio, the actor who plays him, 
he has some really funny line deliveries. Oh, was it the he's, he's, it, uh, his brother's friend? He's his brother's friend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's just anytime he's on screen, I was like really cracked up. Like this, it's the one the one that really um, comes to mind is when after Greg punches that guy, he's just like, what, what's the line, Cole? He you just says, watched the movie. He says, Greg, that was the sickest right hook I've ever seen, my boy. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. He's just a really likable kid, and yeah. he's just really funny. Play the clip, editor. Play the clip. Ah, oh, shit, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> the other one I'm thinking of is, uh, like, also at the beginning of the movie, um, Andrew comes over to him and he's like, what song would get you to dance right now? And he's like, he says the name of the song that I can't remember. And then he goes, that'd be so freaking hype. Fooly Cooly by Boy Band. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. It's a good song. Yeah. But yeah, he is a really good character in it. I don't remember his name for the life of me either. He's the last person billed in the cast. I was looking and I could not find him. But he's he's very last place on the cast. And he's just, I don't know, really funny kid. One yeah. of the dynamics I don't we haven't touched on is um, Maya and Andrew. Um his high, oh, school, yeah. high school friend. Yeah, yeah. Her, his high school friend. Um, I think one of the scenes that is funny to me, but also like just one of those things where it's like you graduate high school and then the people that you see from high school, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, like there's, they have a conversation and he, she's like, do you think I peaked? And I'm like, I feel like that's something that a lot of, I can't relate to, um, but I feel like a lot of um, people that graduate high school can like relate to in that mm-hmm. scene. Um, cause that's a, that's a common like insecurity. Um, people come out of high school and they're like, shit, what do I do now? Like, like, I was coolest then. Yeah. Right. Guys, exactly. real deep, real quick. Think you peaked in high school? Definitely not. I think my natural charisma was a lot uh, higher in high school. Like I think I just was like walking around those halls. Like I was the shit. And now like, I'm just like panic attack city. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I definitely think I, I just get, um, better as a person but i think in regards to like i don't know i was i was pretty cool when i was walking around those halls <laughs> i i don't think i peaked in high school i de- okay not even i don't think i definitely did not peak in high school there's no way if i if i can look back at high school me and say you know like how they're like oh, if you look back at younger self and say things in like one sentence what you say i'd be like just wait man it gets way better yeah. <laughs> right i agree but it you're does always get better. growing like peaking yeah. in high school as much as it is a valid insecurity it's just like you're it's always gonna thing. grow yeah, yeah you're always gonna grow and you're always gonna mm-hmm. be a better version of yourself right um but yeah that's just one of those things she has really good charisma with uh andrew on screen as well i agree she's um, yeah she's a smaller character but she is like in, in, impactful when she's yeah, on screen extremely yeah hayden i kudos to you thinking that people don't peak in high school people do peak in high school and it's sad that okay you're right i'm sorry i can think of what it like i'm sorry people. i know some people who peaked in high school and now it's just like <laughs> okay maybe yikes. you're right i definitely didn't but maybe you're right it's definitely a thing yeah sorry if you peaked in high school <laughs> <laughs> sorry to this man's <laughs> um okay so something really random that i kind of wanted to ask you guys about what do you think of all the um, the bar mitzvah party sequences throughout this movie? I wish I had a bar mitzvah party. Oh. <laughs> they make the movie. Honestly, they're so good. I was they like, look so cool. I know, especially when they're thrown by Andrew. I was like, damn, yo, why don't we party like that? So, so fun fact. I asked a friend of mine, Maddie, who has been on the podcast before. Um, she is Jewish, and so I was like, are bar mitzvah parties like that? And she was like, no, but they are a blast. Nice. Because think about it. You're 16 years old, and you're just told that you are now a man. Yeah. I thought it was... They're like 13 in the movie, though, aren't they? 
Oh, maybe it is. So is 13. that a discrepancy? Wait, maybe I have the there wrong is some age. Young kids, yeah. Mm-hmm. They might be younger. It might be like thirteen. It might be fourteen. I, I don't thought know. it was like the beginning of puberty. It's it's somewhere around there. Right. It's when you start to become a man. Yeah. Imagine that you're like, hey, we're throwing a party for you where you're gonna get a bunch <laughs> of money, have a great time, and become a man. I'm just thinking of that song. It's like, pretty sick. I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the man. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a blast, and they yeah. make it look so fun i'm sure they aren't all like that but they make it look like so much fun in the movie I, one I of the agree. funnier scenes in this movie is when um lola gets bullied and he walks out and it, he has this conversation with two parents and one of the moms is just like you embarrassed the rabbi and you ask the kids to dance their wet ass pussies off oh, and yeah. i laugh so hard every time because yeah. it's just like yeah, that's valid, but it was hilarious. Yeah, we got to talk about WAP was like, that was explosive. That song, oh my God, man. It was everywhere. Look, yeah. here's the thing. This is going to be so off track, but it's going to relate, I promise. I have had this, I heard Bo Burnham say this, and I fully agree with it, that nowadays, if you think about the media that we used to watch as kids, it was tailored so that your parents would let you watch it, right? Of course. So lots of TV shows we watched had like meaningful lessons and episodes and things that had great life lessons in them. Nowadays, you don't if you are a company producing a show, you don't have to go to the parents. You can go straight to the kids because they have the access of the internet and mm-hmm. technology and all these things that they can just uh, get the get whatever they want. And so it's no longer going through the parents. It's just going straight to the kids. And so when you have things like WAP. And like songs like that, yes, they're horrible, but are they? Is it funky, fun music that creates TikTok trends that your kids will watch yes. and then hear the song mm-hmm. and then make TikTok dances to the song? Yes. So it's very interesting. I I want to dive into this more in just my regular life, but the idea that now you no longer have to go through the parents and make it actually educational, like it can just be. Nonsense. nonsense like cocomelon where it's right. fucking fruit dancing on a screen for three hours and your child is mesmerized and can't move supposedly that show makes kids violent i've heard something about. <laughs> i would not I've be surprised so- if i had to sit there and watch cocomelon for like I'd hours i kill someone i get violent yeah. too yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you saying that i know this is extremely on topic you saying that makes me think about like like every commercial i used to watch on tv was like need your parents like permission like I'm thinking of the Hot Wheels one. Right. It's like for yeah. kids like 13 and above. Yeah. You need mm-hmm. your parents' permission to go on the internet and look at it. But that you're exactly. right. Yeah. But now it's way different. So yeah. in this movie, I see that more and more and more where you've got songs like WAP playing or like the music that we used to listen to. And I think about it now as an adult and I'm like, whoa, Pursuit of Happiness was really all about just like drugs. Yeah. Um, and you know damn well those kids knew every word. Or like, song. Yeah. you know, Pumped Up Kicks. Pumped Up yeah. Kicks. It's about a school, school shooting. shooting. Yeah. yeah. It's like the most happy song ever. Like yeah. what's going on there? Yeah. And it's just like those things are very different for this day and age. And so it's interesting to see Andrew as a character who can relate, like I was saying earlier, relate to both sides, the adult side and the kid side. Um, because he knows – that the kids just want to have fun. They right. don't see those songs like the parents see them. And so he plays WAP because he's like, these kids... That's what kids want to hear. These kids aren't thinking like, damn, I can't wait to destroy that wet-ass pussy. No kid is <laughs> no, thinking that. <laughs> sure, the rabbi might be, I guess. <laughs> the rabbi, yeah. It's making him act up. It's making him act up. <laughs> but like, it's, it's just like, 
it doesn't matter to the kids in the way that it matters to the parents. And Andrew sees that, but the parents don't. Yeah. So I just find that very interesting. I agree. No, that's a, you're on something there. I agree. Yeah. I think just to like wrap up on like the party sequence aspects of the movie though, I just think that there's something like it's like a bunch of kids turning up and yet it's super funny and like engaging to watch. Like it these is, yeah. these parties, like the way Andrew throws them and the the and the way Cooper Rafe shoots the movie. Well, he doesn't shoot it, but you know what I mean. Um, it's just super colorful. Like it's just like really visually appealing to watch all it's those very sequences. Fun to watch. Yeah, it's very fun to watch. So I don't know the fact that those sequences are able to be so engaging. It's just it's a testament yeah, to him as a filmmaker. You, you want to watch those right, like bar mitzvah parties for twelve year olds, and yeah. you're like, yeah, let's yeah, do this. Exactly. Also, yeah. something I find really funny is the moment where he's drinking like the water bottle that's full of vodka, vodka. that is labeled vodka, <laughs> and then he and then one of the parents is like, is that vodka? And he's like. No, it was a prank. <laughs> just, yeah, it's just a little. It's just a joke. So <laughs> no joke. one drinks it. <laughs> yeah, so nobody drinks yeah. it. It's really good. So as we were talking about, like this movie is very much like we can relate to it in the sense that we are young twenty-year-olds who don't know what to do with your life. Um, and when I think back to this movie, I very much think of that quote from Dakota Johnson, where it's just like, "Live your twenties." And I think that's super valid. It is. Um, and so my something I have personally been realizing more and more is that, yes, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, and I'm very much in that state of figuring things out. But living your 20s has never related to me more than as I'm living my 20s. Um, and so my question to you guys that I'll let you think about while I answer it is, um, is there a way that you have been living your life recently that has made you realize, wow, this is so important um, to be living my 20s and making mistakes. For me, personally, I just, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I went to Dow and was talking to a bunch of retrospective kids who are thinking about coming to the acting program and doing theater and all this stuff. And I was talking to uh, one of the alumni, the other person that was there. She graduated two years uh, earlier, or two years before I did. And I thought to myself, I was like, wow, I'm probably going to see her. She's probably going to talk about acting gigs. She's done all these things. Um, and she was like, I haven't really done anything since university. Um, I'm potentially making a show at the moment, but that's kind of it. And I've been going to these comedy shows and these improv shows of these people who I've seen as a kid, as like a young kid doing improv, um, who are on the stage doing improv still. Uh, but still, like, don't know what they're doing, you know? And so I think something that I've really learned recently that has really helped kind of shape that idea of live your 20s and it's okay to not know what's going on is seeing all these other people that I know also in their 20s not knowing what's going on. Right. Like, people I looked up to, there's a guy in specific, uh, and he, he does improv acting now with a troupe called Hello City. They're in Halifax. Really amazing improv troupe. Um who I remember when I was a kid going to improv and seeing him as one of the referees at like these improv games um, and being like, wow, he's probably really good. He's probably like super, um, super well known. Like everybody knows him. And now I see him running his, helping run his own improv company, just doing random improv shows. Um, and I think to myself, I'm like, I the pressure kind of gets lifted off a bit of having to know what you need to do because right. these people are like 25, 26, and they are also still figuring things out. So it helps me feel a bit more comfortable in the time I am in now where I don't really know what's going on. Is there any like 
experiences or specific things that have really kind of humbled you in the sense of like, I'm freaking out a little bit about how the fact that I don't know what to do with my life is like kind of taking over. It's just kind of like alleviated that stress a little bit. This is sort of odd for me. So the thing that separates you and I is that I dropped out. Yeah. Um, when I dropped out, I spent probably about a year just wondering what the fuck am I going to do? Like I just, I worked and that was it. And it really sort of sucks because you don't, you don't have any idea. You don't have a guide to, there's nothing that says, Hey, this is what you're supposed to do after university. Mm-hmm. And, um, this movie sort of relates to me in that, in the fact that, you know, you just try to do your best and you're just sort of learning as you go. And, mm-hmm. um, I've been working for the last four years. And as soon as I sort of, you know, inflation, and this is going to get on a deeper level, but inflation and shit like that, you just sort of start to struggle about money and you start to worry about money and all of these things. And that sort of makes you like, that makes you feel more like an adult. It makes mm-hmm. you just like all that pressure is on you. Um, so sort of something like you just have to take <clears throat> wins in small things. And that's something that mm-hmm. I've learned a lot is that you just take wins where you can. Like I have an apartment, I have a car that I pay for and all those things. Um, so like when I look back at my early twenties and like when I was 19 and in university, I'm like, I'd be proud of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're just doing your best. And like you said, you, you have no idea what you're doing and in having something to look up to. And I just recently joined the Navy. So it's just one of those things where like, you're just looking beyond where you're at now. And I think that's something that's helped me a lot is looking past what we're doing now. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And just trying to enjoy every day as you take it and looking past where you were struggling. Yeah. Um, I think that's like a big thing that's really helped me get through everything of like, what the fuck? Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it fucked that um, becoming an adult means worrying about more things? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Way yeah. more. Isn't that messed up? Which it's makes, weird. which relates back to this movie and the fact that his mom was just doing her best too. Literally. Right. Yeah. Like, like figuring things out. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew very much has things to figure out, but his mom has things to worry about because she has them figured out and now she's keeping that way. Yeah. Right. For, for me, like, you know, and I'm, I have another different perspective from you two, like still haven't gone to school yeah. and I, and I've kind mm-hmm. of like beat myself up for years about the fact that I just still haven't gone to school cause I've just been working. And I, yeah, I think figuring things out is like a made up concept. Yeah. I like I don't think anyone will ever really figure things out. Cause when you figure something out, you're going to get hit with something else that you have to figure out. Yeah. Um, and so Cole, I agree with you in regards to like, you got to just take like the little wins and you just got to like, tr- you got to really try and enjoy each day. Cause like you can get really caught up in like the cycle of just like, all I do is work. I'm so exhausted 24 really seven. And when all you do is work, you can get really pessimistic and find yourself in really dark places about the fact that all you do is work. Yeah. But like finding a value and a balance about like things that make you happy and really just trying to actually enjoy things day to day and like take the little wins. Like today was a good shift because, you know, I'm working at a coffee shop right now and I work with my brother, which is very nice. And like, I had a great shift the other day, despite the fact that it was really busy and I'm taking wins in the fact that I just worked with my brother. Like, that's pretty cool. And these are going to be stories that I'll tell as I, as I grow older, it's a random little tangent. But anyways, that's all to say, like, it can be very hard in your early twenties with the idea of figuring things out and the idea of like thinking you need to be somewhere. Cause I've always compared myself to the people who are further along than me. You know, mm-hmm. Wesley, you're a great example, bro. Like you're like my best friend. We talk all the time and I still haven't gone to school and you've graduated and you're like, now you're on to like the real adult world. And I'm still just like working whatever job I can, I can make some money at right now. And, um, but like, cool. Like 
you got like you said thinking about a couple years ago would I be proud of where I am now like I have a I'm living in a house and I have I have a pet that I, I adore you know like these these things are are little wins and figuring things out just as a concept that people have made because they want to be less stressed about the fact that we'll never really figure things out. That's kind of the whole thing about life. And I think that that's what makes this movie so relatable, not just to people in the early twenties, but to people who like, don't feel like they have an objective or like a clear, right. Like like, I don't know where I'm headed. I like a, a year from now, I have zero clue, but the, the small wins are, are traveling with my friends in the time that I'm figuring my shit out in, in the times that I'm trying to, to see an end game here. And so knowing that like, you just gotta like, and I've said it a couple of times, I'm not trying to sound like a broken record, but you gotta, you gotta take the small wins, right? It's, it's all about, it's all little victories mm-hmm. and not feeling like, uh, your life's on a timer. I think that's a big thing too, is, um, being excited to look back right. and be like, I would be proud yeah. of where I'm at. Like, that's a really big thing is to just be like, Next year is going to be great. Like, I'm like, I'm going to be way, way better off than I am. Like, if you have a very pessimistic view, which you're right. If you, if you're working day in, day out, shit can get heavy. Yeah. Like, it it sucks. Mm -hmm. But if you just, like, think about it in a way that you're like, this is going to get better. Like, I'll I'll be good. Yeah. It makes, it makes everything go by so much faster and so much better. Like, if you're having a slow day at work, you know for a fact that if you just change your mindset up, you'll have a much better day. Yeah. Um, which I think is very important when it comes to trying to keep your life on track in that way. Mm-hmm. And everyone's, everyone's story is just like unfolding and in, in front different of you and completely well. different, right? Like all your guys' stories completely different than mine. Um, and I, and I think that like all of us can still tap into like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. yeah. And yet the reason that I think that, you've done the thing that makes me go, what the fuck am I doing? And you're still here going, what the fuck still am I here. doing? Yeah, exactly. Like that's, that's not going to go away. That's People why are always going to feel that. yourself to someone else is very unhealthy. Yeah. It's, it's a slippery like, slope. Yeah. It's really unhealthy because you're assuming their feelings. Yeah. And they also have no idea what's going on. Right. See, that's, that's another thing about this movie that I was like, fuck. Um, is it Cooper Rafe's like 24 or like right. 23 or mm-hmm. however old he is. Mm-hmm. And that's like a year away from, not even a year. That's like less than a month away from me. I'm about to be 23. And so comparing yourself um, to what other people are like when they're at your age, it's horrible. Yeah, it's it's really the bad. worst thing. Yeah. Uh, and another thing I think I've kind of realized is um, like looking back, it's so important to be grateful for the things you already have. Yeah. Like I, for example, I was talking about how uh, I mentioned a couple episodes ago that I did the Nutcracker with my old dance company, and I was thinking to myself, I was thinking like, man, I just did four years of acting school, and I'm right back where I started. Like, nothing changed. Right. But at the same time, I need a to remind myself that I took four years of acting school and got a certificate that meant I was probably in their minds when they needed someone to do the Nutcracker. If right. I hadn't have done that, I would have been. I wouldn't have had that opportunity. Yeah. And so it's, it's a slippery slope being like comparing yourself to other people, because then you think, wow, I am not at their level. But you don't have to be. Right. There is so many things that only you will get opportunities that only you will get in your own life that you don't even think about that other people will be like, I wish, yeah. I wish I could do that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and like how you were saying uh, earlier about 
how I did the whole university thing and you haven't done it yet. Like, you're so right, like, that we are in still at the same place. Right. We're like, what the fuck do like, we do now? Like, no one's ahead of each other. Yeah, no, we're, no we're, ever. Like, it's just, like, separate battles and you're just, like, moving at your own pace with the people around you, you know? Yeah. Wild. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and, like, a, a good example that I could bring up, too, like, when you compare yourself to people, that being a slippery slope, like, Cooper Rafe. I could easily compare myself to Cooper Rafe, yeah. who is kind of living my fucking dream life at the age that he's at. And he's only a couple years older than me. And that's crazy to think about. How old is he? He's 25. Okay. Um, and he's directed two fantastic movies and is just like, makes honestly the type of movies that if I could be a filmmaker, like I would like to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like when you start comparing yourself like that, that's, that's a very dangerous slippery slope because you can do it with anyone. I can compare myself to you. I can compare myself to Cooper Rafe. I can compare myself to Martin Scorsese. Um, and that's just like a dangerous slope because I'm ultimately not and will never be any of those guys. You might um, be though. Might be, you know, Maybe but like one day. Yeah. Um, but ultimately I would still be me. And so like, that's like in your early twenties, it's so easy to just think like you need to be someone other than yourself. But ultimately what really matters is just like appreciating the whole journey. The fact that eventually it's going to be like looking back at these moments where you're like completely distraught and completely lost is actually going to be like super rewarding eventually. And that's something that I also think about. I, uh, I recently have just been listening to your guys pod like consistently um, just because I've been working and just have something playing mm-hmm. um i think something that's really cool that i don't know you guys might know but something that's really cool to me is that you guys will have like a hundred and however many episodes you guys have to go back and listen to right and the way you guys check in every at the beginning of every episode you'll like you'll have like a time capsule essentially of what yeah. was going on in your life right at this time so like 10 years from now you can listen and be like Damn. shit like you'll be okay so yeah it's literally like we're talking about movies but it's really just like at its core, it's kind of little audio diaries of yeah. what we're going through. And it's through. crazy, too, because we started it during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I it's went like, back and listened to your guys' first episode. God, I, I, so did I. Yeah. I did that not that long ago. I was like, man, we've gone so far. You have, Hayden, your voice has changed so much. It's very bro. different. It's, yeah. It's amazing. Bro. A lot of ums and likes, which yeah. we, you know, still happens. Still but do. Like, but, uh, there we are. <laughs> uh, I just think it's very funny that watching that episode, I'm just like, damn, we've come very far. Yeah. I think that's I think that's something beautiful though is the yeah. fact that you guys can come back and listen to that. Look what you did to us, Cooper Rave. Yeah, you've got us you've got us all having heart to hearts here. It's almost like this entire movie's about being twenty years old and not knowing what to do with your life. Yeah, we figuring just, shit out. We are that person right now. Yeah. yeah, and this movie, like, just to kind of like wrap around, like, immediately was so resonant with me. Oh, e- I felt everything about this about instantly. It. Right um, the, I, when I heard it was like 22-year-olds who just got out of university, I was like, that's me. <laughs> Shut up. It that's me. me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it me. I, I think like everything about this movie, like his relationship with his with his brother, his relationship um, with his with his mother. Um, I don't have a stepfather. I have my dad. and But I still found things to connect to in that dynamic. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I just think that this movie has such a... Uh, a just a universal charm. And when I watched it, I was just taken away by it. I was just, man, I actually watched it movie. the first time with you. Yeah. And I, and I was inst- going through some shit at that time. I instantly and- fell in love with it. Yeah. Like I finished the movie. I was like, holy shit. Like I love this. Yeah. Yeah. Look, if any of my friends are listening to this and you haven't seen the movie, go hit me up. See it. Nah, hit me up. Come watch it with me. Right. Like we will watch it together. I, I have Apple TV. Someone just, Hit me up. Yeah. You can come watch with me. You I'll use watch my login. Again. Yeah. You start giving the login out to like diving <laughs> listeners. Just like, please watch the movie. Please. Um, yeah, I think 
kind of to just kind of wrap it around, sum it up, unless anyone else has any big points. No, yeah, Um, I think think that does it for me. I think there is so much from this movie that everyone can get, whether you are uh, younger and haven't reached that point yet and are wondering what you might expect. Congrats, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, Or if you're older and are like, I have had kids like this. You can relate to it. Yeah. Or if you're right smack dab in the middle, just like us. Welcome to crime. You are a 22-year-old who has no idea what's going on with their life. Um, there are so many things people can relate to, so many things people can learn, and so many moments in this movie that helped me like figure out myself as a person. Yeah. And like there are some movies that do that for people, but this movie is definitely one of those. Right. For this, me. Yeah, this yeah, wasn't just a watch for me. This was really like This was an experience. This is a heart to heart conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like this movie, that's that's the thing I love the most about it is like I've this movie just really I was like, holy shit. Like mm-hmm. I, it feels like I'm being spoken to right now. Like it's it just so directly applied to so much things that I constantly feel like this anxiety. You know, like another movie that kind of really taps into this anxiety of like of life and what you do with yourself is tick tick boom yeah and honestly what i love about the title for tick tick boom is like i have always kind of viewed life of that like it's like it's a timer or it's a bomb like like eventually it's just going to be gone but i think that like the whole thing about the life is like doing your 20s it's just the journey man like it's i don't know yeah i deep stuff i heard a really great quote from casey neistat that said you spend your 20s figuring out you spend your 30s doing it and you spend your 40s enjoying it Mm, Um, yeah that's a great quote and I think that's so true is that your 20s are a time for you to experiment and learn things and find out what you love and find out what you hate. Yeah. Um, and then when you're in your 30s, you will do those things. And then when you're in your 40s, you will enjoy them because you have realized that this is what you want. Right. Yeah. Um, Cooper Rafe, come on the pod. Come, yeah. <laughs> come Rafe, chat with us. This is our this is our moment for Cooper Rafe. Uh, please, please, we love you so much. Big fan. Come on the pod. Let's talk about Cha Cha Real Smooth longer. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many lessons in this movie. I feel like that's one of the biggest takeaways. Is that there's so mm-hmm. many lessons. Like you can read into this movie as much as you want and you'll find something. Um and I think like final thoughts wise, I think if you haven't seen this movie, just watch it. You'll mm-hmm. you'll understand. Yeah. It takes you away. Go on that journey. I think, too, one thing, like, uh, randomly, this is such a sidebar, but I love the ending of this movie. Mm. And I think that that final shot kind of ties into everything we've been talking about, about different people moving at different paces and how life can look so different regardless of, like, what place you're at. The the juxtaposition of Andrew at a nightclub with his friends cutting to to Domino, Lola, and and her husband dancing um, is just a really affecting shot for me. And just, it really... Mm. When I watched it, it just really said something about just, like, how life operates and functions differently and how, like, everyone is really just moving at their own timeline. And your timeline can look so much different from from someone else's timeline, you know? Mm -hmm. Great ending. Yeah, it's so good. If they're – to wrap it up, give my rating – Obviously, five out of five. It's a five out of five. Yeah, five I love five giving five out, five, five out of fives on this show. Yeah, I love it. You gotta, it's just so good. It's so amazing. And I think that, yeah, the biggest takeaway for me is that everyone lives life at a different pace. Um, and there is no need for you to stress and Stop fear rushing. about having to have things figured out and having to know what you want to do with the rest of your life. It is going to waste more time. Yeah. So just enjoy the moment you have, the time you have now. Enjoy being in your 20s, not knowing what you're doing, and figuring it out. Fly and yes, it's going to suck, but it's going to be worth it. Yeah. 
eventually. Wisdom. I wisdom. agree. Wisdom. Big wisdom vibes at the Where's end of this Where's your monocle? Pod. It's missing. <laughs> it's not. But I have, I'll can't twist find right my mustache, twirl my mustache, <laughs> smoke a pipe. <laughs> Isn't that the noise they make? <laughs> Something along those lines, yeah. Something like that. You sound like Gandalf. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, ratings? You give it a five. You give it a five. Everyone I do have it a five. five. Yeah. Around the board. I think I think that's kind of everything we have for this movie. I really am grateful that we got to talk about it. Me too. And go so a little happy. deeper on this pod. Um, so it's a little bit late. It's it's about six it's months after late. it came out and a year after we've seen it for the first time. But, but just I'm just like, so glad we're doing it. But just like uh, I've just mentioned... Um, everyone takes no life at a different pace. <laughs> We're yeah. moving at different timelines with this one. Yeah. Um, also, real quick, uh, I'm going to take my B reel right now. Uh, congratulations. You guys are all in my B reel. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Podcast Nation. Anywho, but I think that's the end of our episode. I got distracted by my B reel. That's okay. <laughs> it's like that. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to check out our other episodes, uh, we are on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on anywhere where you listen to your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at the Dive In Movie Cast and our individual Instagrams. I'm at Wesley Giffen. I am at Hayden Kutris, and it is the same name on our Letterboxd. Cole, do you want to plug your socials? Uh, or like your letterbox? My letterbox, yeah. Perhaps. I'm recently yeah, very back. active on letterbox. Cole's on letterbox now. Um, my letterbox is Rossi, but it's an X. So it's R X S S I E. Nice. Yeah. Go check it out. Cha Cha's there. Yeah. yeah. It's highly rated. No, very highly <laughs> rated. So thank you guys so much for listening. And everybody clap your hands. Clap, 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 clap your hands. hands. Last time to get funky. <laughs> to the right now.